You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome everyone to RB1 Colon of Fantasy, a football a podcast, part of the Fate Teams Podcast channel. I am the consummate professional, worshiper of Nikhil Harry, constant doubter of Alvin Kamara, and would draft Terry McLaurin over Amari Cooper 10 times out of five, your humble host, Pete Rogers. And I am joined today by, ooh, lovely guys. We have the Duck Father, recovering Texans fan, and will draft Josh Gordon in the fifth round, regardless if he's on a team, resident old man Clark Barnes. And we have El Sabatiera, proud father Quentin Nelson, Scotty Miller fanboy, the coach whisperer, the wine sipperer, the Will Disleyer, the working girl Jordan Smith, and fantasy football's premier internet doctor, loather of Adam Gase, the number two Walter Sobchak, but number one Tarzan, and thinks your favorite team is run by donkeys and ginger mustache man Nick Butterford. Guys, congratulations on this being our 200th RB1 podcast episode. Well done us. Wow, wasn't aware. Yeah. Cue the music. Cue the celebration. Woo. Pop the champagne bottles. Luckily, we all have this in the budget to throw a massive fiesta, and we will have a party, and everyone will fly in from wherever they are on the company's dime to have a have a rager on the top of the Empire State Building in New York. That's, that's We're breaking just mask how, rules. how much this, uh, this company cares about this podcast. So... You know, we bring in the bucks for them. They give us the bucks when we need them. That's how it works. Yeah, take care of your employees. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, 200 shows. It's quite a lot of football we've talked about. it. It's been years. Years. Uh, well, we have lots of news to delve into. Uh, a running back heavy news cycle, I would say. And then, in the classic Pete Rogers fashion, I have created a game to play because what is the point of podcasting if you're not playing games, but let's get to some news. And let's start the news with the Alvin Kamara roller coaster that went on the last few days. Uh, we talked on the Tuesday show that he hadn't been practicing, possibly due to a holdout. Uh, then later Tuesday, it was, quote, leaked. I'm doing air quotes for uh, Clark's benefit. The Saints would be willing to trade Alvin Kamara. Uh, and then Wednesday, it seems Kamara and Sean Payton had a great convo and everything is A-OK. So draft Kamara as normally you would, right, Clark? Yeah, I mean, he's already an RB4 for me. One of my least favorite things about this was uh, accidentally getting into it with Nick on Twitter. Uh, because I, uh, if you want to be a reporter, that's great. Uh, if you want to be a personality, that is also fine. But uh, according to source, this is going to happen really irks me. So, like, someone with the team was like, hey, say we're going to fucking trade him. Go, whoever that person was. I don't care. Yeah, so, sorry. Alvin Kamara's so fine. He's fine. We have, we have breaking news on both this, this uh, subject and the next running back we're going to be talking about. Apparently, he had to get an epidural in his back, in, in his SI joint, 
um, which is the the hip joint. The I'm leader. literally yeah. having uh, small injection procedures done on my SI joint. Like you yeah, and Alvin Kamara are the same person. I, I, yeah, no, they should call me up actually because maybe I could just replace. You could be a starting tomorrow. running back in the NFL. Is what I'm learning right now. So yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, uh, Rappaport was was uh, Rappaport, however the hell you say his name. He was tweeting about it. Uh, Ross Tucker called attention to the fact that if you're having to get a shot into a back, it is actually uh, a pretty big deal. And uh, Dr. Chow is commenting and, and thinking that the big worry is it implies a herniated disc. And that could mean future back surgery. Once a disc is herniated, it doesn't return to normal. I think Gronk had a herniated disc. He did. Yeah. But don't Um, we not know if this is even true? Like, this is like saying, oh, man, I'm so glad that Joe Mixon's migraines got better all of a sudden. Well, which part? Like, they said that he was getting an epidural and is fine. But that was the day that he held out of practice to ratchet up contract negotiations, possibly. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. I, I was unaware of when the, the timeline had been established for when the shot was. Like, I, I could be I could be off. I saw like, that he was in the building when, like, the tr- like he was in the building and then the trade rumor leaked. Like, they were trying to work on something. It's like, it it's been like this, believing it stuff during election season. It's like, I don't know if that's true because, <laughs> like, there's a contract holdout going on and reporters are using a source to say things. So I'm not real sure we're getting great information. I mean, so, yeah, so the, 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 the Mixon um, migraine thing, I think, was, like, farcical from the start. This, this is actually seemingly providing information on the shot and the results of the shot. So I do think we should pay attention to this. I, the only thing that, that um, when there's a question with a first-round running back, no matter if you draft him, you need to go back, go draft their primary backup if their primary backup is worth anything. I think we probably all agree everybody needs to be trying to get Latavius Murray in the like 10th round. I uh, just dropped Cam Akers on my team to pick up Latavius Murray because I have more faith in him than Cam Akers. Clark thinks I'm wrong, but I think that getting Latavius Murray is a good idea. Yes, extremely <laughs> strong value uh, with. Kamara out for any reason and some decent standalone value with Kamara in there. So, yeah. Wow. You dropped Cam Akers, Pete. Yeah. I've been, oh, I, I drafted him. Have I not him. been hyping up Cam Akers you have. on the you, podcast? <laughs> you have been. I drafted him. He was like one of my latest picks in my draft. And I just, I want to be proven. This is in my home league where there's only eight of us. So it's like pretty easy to grab who we want off waivers. Um, and I just want to—I want to see a couple of games where Cam Akers is the true workhorse back, in, or getting at least the majority of touches. I'm not entirely sold that he's going to get the majority of touches. And I'll—and this was this was during like the is Alvin Kamara holding out? Is he going to miss time? Oh my God, what's happening? And then then he, the trade rumors leaked, and uh, and I went all crazy for it. So I'm holding on to Latavius Murray until we know 100% Alvin Kamara's situation or Cam Akers shows that, you know, actually he's well worth rostering and can get production from. I'm happy Real to quick. keep a bench spot just for Latavius Murray for in case. Uh, gun, in everybody's, case gun to everybody's head. Uh, picking 104, Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara? Derrick Henry. Henry. Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I'm Henry too. I've convinced myself <laughs> that I've... <laughs> I've passed too many times on Derrick Henry, so I've convinced myself that no matter what I think, I got to draft him. 
Yeah. If that being said, when faced with the choice between Derek Harry and Dalvin Cook, I went Dalvin Cook. So I might let I would go Derek Henry there. Just I am not one hundred percent holding on to I'll never draft Derek Henry, but I love Alvin Kamara. <laughs> All right, moving on in the news, uh, Ronald Jones is continuing to get love from Bruce Arians, uh, who is now calling him a, quote, all-around back uh, and has improved both his pass catching and blitz pickup throughout camp. Uh, has he gone from an afterthought from 2019 or to a serious fantasy value now, Jordan? is he? Should we be taking him seriously now? Ronald Jones? Yes, sir. I have no idea. Probably <laughs> not. <laughs> he, might, he might be worth something, but I'm – I'm still a little bit skeptical. I want to see how that situation shakes itself out over the next couple of days. Um, I don't think anybody behind him is that big of a threat, though. So it's just a matter of him getting into the game and producing when he does. uh, Stick in the spokes, breaking news. Uh, As of 12 minutes ago, Mike Garofalo reporting several teams are making a push to sign Leonard Fournette, and sources say the Buccaneers are one of them. Stay tuned. Clark. Talk to us about the sources. <laughs> sources indicates we may have met the journalistic integrity question of you need two independent sources to tell you the same thing, which are not referencing each other before you can report it. So this could be better. Uh, yeah, I think no, I... uh, go, the, the Fournette story is really interesting. Uh, I don't understand what happened in Jacksonville other than Leonard Fournette was pretty good at football so he had to go that seems to be the mo for the jaguars gotta lock down that first overall pick only way i can explain it Leonard fournette isn't like a world beater or anything but he's a talented running back i i'm gonna be when this came out and someone was like oh my god if kansas city picks him i finally jumped on the ceh bandwagon this is the most trepidation for every fantasy owner who's drafted already is is Leonard Fournette going to come to the team and be a very serviceable backup and kind of ruin the upside so yeah I saw that he wanted to go and play with former teammate Jalen Ramsey and to bring it back to Cam Akers I was like son of a (laughs) that would nuke Cam Akers good thing I have Latavius Murray instead of him the the I, I bragged on on Fournette a ton um but I mean, the, the, the gumbo and non-working out bye week will live in infamy. But also, um, on the, the uh, Roto Underworld podcast last week with Silva and, uh, and Matthew Kelly, they did touch on um, front office changes where co-owner and son of, like, primary owner Shad Khan, uh, his son, Tony Khan, apparently he's – I think he's one of those, like, uh, kind of director of football – operations kind of a thing or it's this nebulous position of power within the organization he evidently is very big into the analytics movement and when they canned tom coughlin he kind of said okay running backs don't matter we're we're not going to tolerate this guy who we can't get to work out can't get him to stop eating gumbo blah 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 blah. we'll get divine Zigbo in there uh this segues i guess sucks to suck for all jones no one knows what you're going to be doing for the 2020 season uh but we segue into the next news bulletin which is talking about leonard Fournette. so clearly the bucks are on his list i've also seen reports that the patriots and bills are are both have reached out to leonard Fournette to at least gauge his uh where he's currently at i don't really see the patriots making a move on leonard Fournette unless his unless like a cam newton situation happens where he sits on free agency market long enough that his price becomes negative dollars and he pays the Patriots to play with them. The bills, however, Nick, 
it's interesting, and it certainly would temper the expectations of both uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss if he were to sign there. I mean, we talked about our favorite landing spots on on Tuesday's show. Do the Bills do anything for you? No. I, well, I'd be really surprised if they actually end up bringing him in there. Um, if they did, then he nukes the backfield. And you we can, we can handle one, two punches, three running backs. That's a total disaster. Especially with Josh Allen, who is mildly a running back when he gets around the goal line. They already have a better lettered Fournette and Zach Moss in the backfield. So I don't get why they would want to add another, another guy like that. The Zach Moss train is uh, already out of the station and, and is going hundred miles an hour. He's catching passes. Everyone's freaking out. So it would be, it would be a stunning move to the Buccaneers make sense. Kansas city, I think makes sense. I don't know. We'll see where Leonard Fournette ends up. It's certainly not to be in a situation where he's going to provide value, but rather nuke everyone, which is great after I told Becca that uh, drafting him in the fifth round was good value in our home league. And now she's like, do I drop him? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Don't Thing is, if she drops him, I'm hundred percent picking him up and then he's going to play well for me and she's going to hate me. So it's a sticky situation. Never play fantasy with your significant other. Anywho's moving on in the news to wrap it up. uh, Dwayne Haskins and Tyrod Taylor have both been announced as the week one starters for their team which is what we were expecting, but nonetheless, uh, football slash fantasy football news. So had to throw it out there. I think the Chargers aren't going to be quite as sunk as draft capital will make them out to be. Keenan Allen's pretty good at getting open, and Tyron Taylor is a decent quarterback. Uh, Eckler is getting drafted, I think, where he should. Uh, that's really aggressive, I think, for Eckler, but he, he's really good at football. Um, they're going to be incredibly boring to watch, and they may not win a lot of games, but Tyrod Taylor will be able to pilot that offense to being functional and being functional means having fantasy value for your stars. Yeah. The Keenan Allen, we've talked a lot about him on this show, but then his nuked value, I am not a hundred percent behind and I'm thus buying him everywhere I can, because I do think that he's going to play a lot, especially in redraft leagues. Like I think he's going to play a lot better than what he's currently being drafted as. Really upset at the Derwin James injury. Yeah, God damn it! Can speaking of IDP leagues, uh, Clark, don't don't go draft Derwin James. Yeah, that's unfortunate because he's just insanely in electric. Like they're they're so good. You know, like a dozen. I really like watching offense, and I watch defenses enough to try to understand what's going to happen. But like, I'm I just I'm not into it enough to have like 40 guys who I really want to watch play. But Derwin James was one of those guys where you really wanted to watch the Chargers defense because he is so electric and it just sucks that he's had such injury trouble. Yeah. He makes shit happen. All right. Well, there you go. There's the news. Uh, And before we get into our game, we're going to take a quick ad break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back, and we are now about to play Who Will Be Better? And this game is a game that needs no introduction, since the name pretty much explains it. But since we're here, I'll introduce it anyways. I have five pairs of players, and you guys have to tell me who of them will be better in 2020 fantasy football. Now, I'm not looking for lengthy answers, just who you think will be better, and maybe a reason why. And we'll start off things. At the top of everyone's draft, with Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott Jordan, who will be better? Um, I just went with Christian McCaffrey for this one. Um, I thought just we've been hyping up the Cowboys offense for the entire offseason, but I think Christian McCaffrey has a better chance of getting um, touches in the Carolina offense just based on uh, the weapons in Dallas just look significantly better. And McCaffrey has gotten over 100 targets in the past two seasons um, out of his three. So... Uh, Zeke Elliott hasn't gotten close to that, and um, I'm just hoping that Matt Rule can get a little creative with the CMC. So it's it's a very very splitting hair situation, though. It's like Christian McCaffrey's the RB one, and Zeke is like two or three. Clark, what do you think? Yeah, I'll I'll make the case for Zeke in that there has been a whole lot of change in Carolina this off season. Their defense is going to be terrible, and while that can lead to uh, what we often call positive game script where people will have to Blake Bortles it up at the end of the game and maybe put up numbers. It also kind of sucks for running backs when the other team knows what's going to happen for you. Uh, like Jordan said, this is a really faint hearted endorsement of Zeke over CMC. I'm so thrilled to have either one of these guys, but you know, I, I would take Zeke just Zeke just for the safety. Everything has remained the same in Dallas other than a head coach coming in who said he's, going to be a like general manager head coach but um yeah so I don't think that this is close uh pat on the back for me I didn't think it was close last year um but so Joe Brady's system is it's just it's exactly what every nerd wants it's uh high octane pass first and what uh to to the the comments you're making Clark about game scripts I mean the, the phenomenal thing is that McCaffrey is like the next best receiver on the team after DJ Moore, he, he's not going to get game scripted out of anything. Uh, if anything, it just makes his touches uh, come at a, a much higher value because he's, one, perhaps getting targeted downfield rather than having to work past the defensive line. And their their defense might just be the worst in the NFL. Like this offense is going to be called upon to go 100 miles an hour every single game. There's not going to be very many situations where they're like trying to salt the clock. They're always going to be playing catch up. Um yeah, draft draft CMC number one overall. We haven't talked enough on this pod too about Robbie Anderson, who's probably the third best pass catcher on this offense, but he's going to make the field much more wide open for everybody else underneath. Uh, Adam Gase sitting quietly, hoping that Robbie Anderson does not have twelve hundred yards and eight touchdowns <laughs> in his first season away. <laughs> Robbie from Anderson's about to about to pull a Devontae Parker, yeah. and uh, and suddenly blossom. Un- outside of Adam Gase's shadow. All right, pair number two. 
You've got your RB1, but what about your RB2? Lots to choose from, but you pick between Mark Ingram and David Johnson-Clark. Who will be better? I think I'm going to go with Ingram here. Uh, We're excited about the young backfield that the Ravens have, but in a really dynamic offense, uh, you may not necessarily need those playmakers to be quite so dynamic, may want to lean on a guy who's going to be in the right spot and has been proven. Uh, You know, that said, there's going to be competition for touches in both of these situations, but I think I'll just go with a better offense in the Ravens and take Ingram's hopefully touchdown upside. Nick, what about you? Yeah, uh, I definitely want a piece of the best rushing offense in football with a cakewalk of a defensive uh, rushing schedule for drug football stats. Um, I've I've talked at length about how David Johnson is not a north-south runner. Bill Ryan's an idiot. Um, Yeah, you know, draft Mark Ingram over David Johnson. I'm going to make a light case for David Johnson over Mark Ingram. And it's all um, just speculation and taking a walk down narrative street um for right now it appears that david johnson and um duke johnson are going to be the two running backs in houston and probably taking the majority of the carries there Uh, i think i've mentioned this before there's a case to be made that bill o'brien wants to prove that he is uh, a good gm by proving that he's a good coach and he's still a pretty good offensive coach um for what it's worth and giving David Johnson the ball and putting him in a chance, giving him at least the opportunity to show that, you know, he can uh, be a good value to the team. Um, I think that helps his upside a little bit. Uh, Mark Ingram was incredibly efficient last year. I think he was like sixth ranked running back by DVOA might've been even higher than that. Um, But I feel like later in the season, the shift in carries might start going towards other backs, possibly, uh, J.K. Dobbins, who I think will eat into Gus Edwards' workload almost immediately. And I, I think the addition of um, him and what John Harbaugh has told us over this offseason is that the next evolution that they want to go through is to start throwing the ball downfield a little bit more. Um, so I think with guys who are um, able to get down the field and guys who are just able to eat under – underneath like J.K. Dobbins, like Mark Andrews, um, those guys will have more opportunities. So I, just based on the way the season could go, I can see Mark Ingram's touches and his uh, success start to decline a little bit. All right. Pair number three. Our next pair can be found in the seventh round of drafts. Looking to uh, sure up that wide receiver position. Tyler Boyd or Julian Edelman? Nick, who will be better? I like the upside with Boyd. He and uh, he and Burrow have had a really good connection so far in camp, and obviously Justin Jefferson was a slot machine for for Burrow um, at LSU. Julian Edelman is sort of a cyborg at this point. He's just so perennially injured. Um, I he's more PED than human, am I right, you guys? That's. Um, I would be fine with having Edelman on my team as a flex, but I, I, given that like we don't know what is going on with AJ Green, he's said before he, he doesn't want to play another down unless he gets another contract. He could hold out. I, 
I have no idea what to make of him. And obviously I don't think very highly of, of T Higgins and Ross is, is he injured again? Like, I just, I think Boyd's going to have a lot of work. Clark, what about you? Yeah, I think it depends on kind of what you're looking for in the draft. I think outlined it pretty well. I think Edelman's the safer play. He's sorry. He's the best wide receiver in uh, New England. And I think Cam Newton is a better quarterback than, uh, What's his face? Tom Joe Brady Brown is at the moment. Whoa! Uh, so I, I just think that Julian Edelman is a safer pick, and uh, at this point in the draft, you do you could have taken a lot of chances on guys like Will Fuller or uh, something like that. You want to shore up your roster a little bit, or maybe you got a little boring and picked up Keenan Allen, and you want to shoot for some upside with Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I'm kind of there with Barnes on this. I thought going into it, I was going to be more Tyler Boyd because of the upside, but in PPR leagues, uh, Edelman surprisingly finished as wide receiver seven last year, which like really caught me by surprise given his age and given, um, you know, all we heard last year about the Patriots offense, not being quite up to par uh, with the world beating defense that they were putting out there. Um, And I, I also agree with Clark in that Julian Edelman, to this point is the best pass catcher on the team. We haven't seen Nikhil Harry in real games. We haven't seen um, Jacoby Myers transfer last season's preseason success into actual contributions on the football field. Whereas the Bengals also have some uncertainty at QB with Joe Burrow coming in. Now Joe Burrow will probably be good right away, but he's still a rookie QB coming into the NFL on a Bengals team that was the worst team in the NFL last year. And AJ Green could be back and good. Um, John Ross has a minor injury. He's been sitting out of practices. I think he had like an arm injury or something weird. Um, T. Higgins, they spent a draft pick on him very early, what, 30 overall or something like that. Um, Auden Tate is still somebody who can take some red zone targets away. Uh, so I just like Edelman for the potential for having the ball just fly his way 12 times a day a game training camp mvp odd and tate let the record show on tape and been kind of crushing camp according to a Bengals beat reporters also joe burrow has been looking like the real deal so my uh my Bengals fan bandwagon is back on all right pair number four You, an avid listener of the RB1 podcast, to pay attention to us, and you're waiting at quarterback. And finally, in the 11th round, you pull the trigger. Who do you go with? Gardner Minshew, Ryan Tannehill, Jordan. Who will be better? Uh, I went with Tannehill. I just, I think Minshew Mania was fun, but I think Tannehill, even though he's not going to reach the historic levels he was at late last season, I think he's still the better prospect. Um, the Titans offense by passing last year was uh, sixth ranked by DVOA and Tennessee just has better pass catching weapons. Nick, what about you? This one's pretty tough. I mean, the short answer is that I'm not drafting either one, but I think that, um, yeah, but uh, offensive coordinator in, uh, in Tennessee, Arthur Smith is a really smart guy. And he, um, I mean, they, they run play action early in the game. They, they're so, they, they turn the, the run slash pass first thing dichotomy like on its head because they, they've been so, they're so efficient passing that they then get these huge uh, rushing games out of uh, Henry. So I think I'd go with, with Tannehill, but the right answer is to wait. Well, these guys are going undrafted, so I don't know 
how much more you're going to wait. I really want it to be Gardner Minshew uh, just because it's on. And he's one of those guys that is injecting a little bit of fun into the league. I am all in on DJ Chark. I am taking him everywhere. Got two drafts this weekend and I have no problem taking him, you know, beginning of the fourth just to make sure I get him. But I think Tannehill has been around longer. I think he would have to do less in an offense to be more productive for you. I think if you're sitting there week five and neither team has a great matchup, you're going to feel a whole lot better about putting Ryan Tannehill in instead of, you know, really rolling the dice, hoping that the Jaguars get smoked so that Gardner Minshew has to do something heroic. Yeah, I'll take Tannehill if I have to. The Tannehill, the Tannehill current ADP is very surprising to me. Uh, I think he's going like quarterback 20 or something like that. I mean, he's going after Minshew uh, last time I looked at in a half point PPR and fantasy pros. Uh, it's just, I, I feel like he is someone who has the, I mean, obviously he, if he's anything like what he, we saw last year, even like a small portion of that, like he's going to be a league winner because he's going so damn cheap right now. So I, I'm just, I'm immensely curious to see what he's actually going to be in 2020, because if he's anything like what he was last year in the Titans offense, when he took over, like, damn, he, he's people, everyone's going to look back and be like, shit, we should have, uh, should have respected what he was doing last year and, and draft him as a, you know, top 15 quarterback. So I'm very interested to see what, uh, what happens with there. It's now time for our final pair. You're concluding your draft and looking for that late round pick that you think is going to be the player that puts you over the top and locks you into a playoff spot. Are you ready, Clark? For all the marbles, Preston Williams or Deshaun Jackson, who will be better? Uh, it's I'm, I'm taking Deshaun Jackson everywhere because I know that I'm going to start him every game that he plays. And if that's one game, okay. If that's 16 games, I think he's, you know, potential league winner as just about the only game in town in the Eagles offense. Long term, though, I think Preston Williams showed us a lot last year. The Dolphins are just a little too up and down for me to really want to commit to that one, even so late in drafts this year. Jordan, what about you? Uh, If I'm taking a flyer, it's going to be on Preston Williams. Uh, I think at this point, uh, Preston Williams is the better prospect with the better upside uh Deshaun Jackson I pulled some numbers here he has been wide receiver over the past five seasons uh wide receiver 129 42 44 38 and 68 um and Deshaun Jackson hasn't played 16 games since 2013 and 15 games since 2016 um, and basically with the Miami offense, it's going to be Devonte Parker, Mike Kosicki, and Preston Williams. Whereas Deshaun Jackson may seem to be the only game in town for Philly, but, um, he's probably easily behind Zach Ertz. Um, he might even be behind Dallas Goddard, uh, Alshon Jeffrey's still there. Jalen Rieger, when he comes back, Um, they spent draft capital on bringing in John Hightower, who's another deep ball guy. They have Greg Ward, who they said is going to be playing in the slot. So I'm going with Williams, uh, just as, uh, an upside play. Um, so the, the Eagles passing attack overall is just like leagues ahead of, of the Dolphins. Uh, it helps that they face the seven softest uh, slate of pass defenses in terms of efficiency per sharp football metrics. But um, even just, I mean, going to the quarterbacks, like Carson Wentz is a, is an outstanding 
quarterback to begin with. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick right now, I think he's at home because he, he had a, a death in his family due to COVID. And uh, so they might be starting a rookie down in, in Miami. But all, all of that aside, to just boost Deshaun Jackson, we saw one game of him last year, uh, given his ADP, which is way the hell into the draft. Um, what you're getting is a dude who seriously can tear the top off every week. Uh, Ertz is going to be the number one guy, but DJX, I mean, the, the camp reports on him are he's basically just been impossible to cover. He, he seems superhuman. Um, so, yeah, I'm like, I, I, I really like Preston Williams. We talked about him last year, like last July last year, because he was doing so well in camp and, and in the preseason. Um, but yeah, I mean, Deshaun Jackson's ceiling is, is hard. It's, it's near impossible to find at that point in the draft. And as far as Rieger goes, dude's a stud. Obviously, all of us are huge fans of him, but uh, the dislocated shoulder could be out, I think it's for a month, and he's going to play the entire rest of the year with a harness on. We saw Anthony Miller put up ten, uh, seven touchdowns in his rookie season playing on that, but, but it's, not, it's not easy to do. Um, so, yeah, DJX for me all the way. Cool beans. Well, there you go. There's uh, the first ever in RB1 podcast history of who will be better, uh, a game I'm sure we will bring back over and over again because let me tell you, people, from a production standpoint, it's easy. Uh, well, best of luck to all of you out there drafting this weekend. Make sure to tune into all of our past shows so you know who to be adding, who to be avoiding. Uh, and feel free to hit us up on Twitter and ask us any questions that you've got. Make sure to subscribe to the Fake Teams podcast wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That is how you'll not only get us, ah, uh, but also our fantasy baseball and basketball podcast. Follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. You can follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. And Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you next week again. Good luck, everyone. Until then. Peace.